You're listening to the Mile You're In podcast. Everything running related from 100 meters to 100 miles. And now here's your host, Phil Patterson Jr. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, it's the Mile You're In podcast. And I'm back with another episode. I've been knocking these things out left and right lately. I came back with a vengeance. I'm not playing around. I'm serious about this. We're trying to make this thing take off. But to to jump right into it, honestly, I was doing more thinking. And something I learned recently when looking back at people in my life is that there seems to be two types of people. Those that complement your life and those that complicate it. Some would argue that there are also those that are lukewarm, but to me, they would start to fall into the category of being a complement to your life because they're not complicating it. And I think we'd all agree, we'd rather take a lukewarm person in our life over a complicated one. There are people that come around physically and you just want to avoid them at all costs. You hope they don't talk to you. You see them and instantly, instantly hope they don't recognize you. If they text you, you hesitate to respond if you even do at all. If they call, you ignore it. But then there are people that you get excited to see. You're quick to start a conversation with them. Even if they don't see you first, you approach them. When you see them text or call, you don't even hesitate to answer or reply. Whether it's a Gemini thing or an introvert thing, I mean, hell, it it might be a combination of both, but there are moments where I just don't wanna be bothered. It's nothing personal, I just don't feel like talking to anybody. I'm enjoying the silence and enjoying my quiet space. But a particular person can come along and I'll start experiencing this sense of anxiety and stress, this negative energy. On the other hand, a different person can come along and despite my mood and preference, I won't mind breaking that in order to engage with them. My mood actually changes and I feel this positive change in my mindset and energy. Some people just carry this negative energy with them when it comes to you while others carry a positive one. This can vary from person to person, but when you think about how it affects us, it doesn't matter if they benefit someone else. What matters is how that impacts us in our lives. Personalities either clash, coexist, or mesh. And I don't know about you, but I'll take the ones that mesh over the other two all day. I don't wanna settle when it comes to who's in my life. I don't wanna have to pretend or be nice. I want it to just click and vibe naturally. If it doesn't, there's probably an issue or disconnect. We've all heard and met the Debbie Downers, Negative Nancys, even Nervous Nellies. And honestly, in defense of women, I'm curious why it's always female names that are used in these situations. Because if you think about the drama these days, we now use Karens as the examples. But these are the people that depress and dissuade. They dampen the mood. It's always the negative thinking, the self-pity mindset. They kill your joy. They're excessively and disagreeably pessimistic. Everything becomes a debate or argument. You never want to engage with them in anything that's considered deep. What good is someone if they don't challenge you to think or grow? Yes, debates can do this, but if it's always a negative and always mentally and emotionally draining you, why do this to yourself? I know a couple that's as Christ-like as I'd consider someone like Tim Tebow. Their aura is so powerful that I've seen people that cuss to an extreme level even remove it from their entire vocabulary around them. 
because you almost feel guilty. Like, even complaining around them, you feel guilty because they remind you of the blessings, but not in like a Bible-thumping way. It just comes naturally. It's authentic. I used to change the radio station at work, the way I spoke, the way I acted around them because I felt rude and like I was disrespecting them. They displayed a level of love, grace, and understanding by their actions each and every time I saw them. No words were ever needed. And to this day, I try to mimic them because in my eyes, they are truly incredible. The amount of humbleness they obtain is at times ridiculous. You can feel though, it's authentic, it's not an act. And that's the thing, a lot of people pretend. Whether they know the vibes they give off or just hope to make people like them, they tone themselves down as much as possible. But in the end, the real them comes out as they get more comfortable and the relationship duration extends. There are so many people I tolerated and eventually said enough is enough. Just as you wouldn't accept a toxic boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, you shouldn't tolerate a toxic friend or family member. And family can be the worst because you tend to feel an obligation because we've been taught that blood is thicker than water. I've actually experienced more hate from my family than friends. I won't say who, but I remember a family member always asking when I was in high school if I had a girlfriend. I always said no because I favored black girls and they didn't favor black people in general. One day I overheard them asking my parents if I was gay since I never had a girlfriend according to my answer. But then I heard them say they'd be okay with me being gay if my boyfriend was white. Thankfully, over the years, they became more accepting, but in that moment, I felt hurt. My own family was against me despite me being happy. And it made me no longer wanna be around them just because of that energy that they gave off and, and how it affected me personally. But like that, a lot of times it's the verbal communication. Rarely will you get into a physical altercation with friends, family, or even strangers. But words are just as, if not, more powerful than actions. They linger longer and dig deeper. You physically heal from wounds. Emotionally, they stick around longer. We try to remember that sticks and stones may break our bones and names will never hurt us. But let's be real, that's not exactly true. Even the Bible talks about the power of the tongue. I remember sitting at the finish line after after the Keys 100 at the after party and I had just ran the race solo crewless my feet were blistered to the point of having trench foot I was extremely sunburnt and as I sat there I was overcome with tears for mixed reasons but they were all good ones and just person after person came over to me left and right to congratulate me because they saw me out there grinding the entire time and couldn't believe I was doing it without anyone helping me some of them were friends some of them were strangers but they were all inspired by what they saw me do that weekend then comes this one individual and all they could do was criticize me for running too hard in the beginning they never even said anything positive to me the entire time it was all negative on what I could have done better Meanwhile, I had just run my second fastest 100 mile time and to make it even more odd, I beat this individual by almost two hours while they had helped the entire race. So obviously my strategy wasn't that bad, right? When I was trying to get a PR and go sub 20 in the 5K distance, I had this one individual that would criticize all of my social media posts, even to the point that others noticed it and would make comments about it since I just 
brushed it off. They specifically kept telling me that I couldn't have the best of both worlds. I couldn't run long, slow, ultra training speeds and still maintain my speed for the 5K goal. That I couldn't just race myself to accomplish the goal. Meanwhile, others would see me at the start lines at each 5K and offer tips about the course and where to push the pace and where to sit back a little bit. I even had one friend that got me very close one race. I was starting to struggle around the mile two mark and my legs were feeling wobbly. I started easing up to save some energy for a last effort push. As she passed me, instead of saying nothing or saying the typical go Phil, you look strong, whatever you might say, she said, stick with me, Phil. And that motivated the hell out of me. All of a sudden I got life in my legs and hung with her until the mile three mark where I then took off for the final sprint. What's funny is there's a race photo of the finish where I'm hunched over gasping for air and she's crossing the, the line seconds after me with her hands up, looking directly at me and smiling because she knew although I didn't break the 20 minute goal I had set, I finally got a PR and was now just six seconds away from the goal. I was making the progress. Shortly after I reached my goal and even further, I not only broke 20 minutes, but I did it 19 seconds faster than that. I was doing a half marathon in Weston one year and I was just in cruise mode the whole time. I felt good, but didn't feel like really pushing it. I wasn't chasing any goals that race and if anything, it was just a training run for me. Another friend of mine who, who ran a similar pace at the time was slightly in front of me the entire race. I was kind of using her as a pacer in a sense. I knew if I caught or passed her that that would mean I was pushing harder than I wanted. But if she pulled away, that would mean I was either struggling or just not giving it much effort. Eventually, we were side by side for probably about two miles and with about three miles left, something funny happened. She doesn't talk during races. She'll occasionally wave or give you the quick hello, but that's it. She's very focused during her races. All that was happening in those two miles that we ran side by side was just the sound of footsteps, breathing, and traffic, nothing else. Suddenly I hear, Phil, you're holding back. And again, I suddenly felt this sense of motivation, this jolt of life in my legs. And I said, you know what, you're right. I'll see you at the finish line. And next thing I know, I was running negative splits the rest of the way and probably finished five or so more minutes before her. When I was exploring the idea of running 100 miles, most people would say I was crazy. Well, I, I, I think they still say that, but, but they, were, they were supportive and, and encouraged me to give it a shot. Of course, there were the one or two that had to chime in that I wasn't training hard enough or long enough. What's funny is that these were the people that had never even attempted the distance or anything even remotely close to it. Meanwhile, those that had were the ones that were the most encouraging. They were the ones explaining that there comes a point where the mental strength becomes more important than the physical. And they saw and recognized my mental strength to grind the lows and felt that I had a great chance to succeed. During my first ever attempt, as a lot of you may remember, I dropped out around 65 miles. I posted on Facebook that night and went to sleep. I woke up and two of my friends came to check on me and encouraged me to go back and try finishing because I still had enough time. And I ended up finishing. And, and one of those friends told me that later, a mutual friend told her that he heard I dropped out. 
and knew I wasn't training enough. And she defended me telling him, well, actually he went back and finished before the cutoff. Of course, that person, when they saw me, when I got back to town, they were so kind and supportive, but I knew what they said about me behind my back. I just pretended I didn't know. And I even think back to when I wrestled. It was the night before the Sunshine State Games, which is basically the, the Florida Olympics. If you won, you qualified for the Junior Olympics, which was a representative from each state to wrestle nationally in a tournament. Although my dad wasn't always the most encouraging in many areas of my life, whether he really felt this or was just trying to spark something within me, I think he could see the look on my face when we got to the hotel. This was in Deland, Florida, and if you're not familiar with it, it's, it's very empty. There's not much out there, it's a, just a lot of land. So in this case, everyone was at the same hotel. I started seeing people in my weight class, and I think my dad could see a look of doubt on my face. As we stood there, he just simply said, it's a shame these guys drove all the way here just to lose. And I swear to you, instantly, I had this sense of relief taken off my shoulders, like a boost of confidence. I still had my doubts, but I at least now had a sense of belief. Before each match, I kind of replayed that in my head and I kept hearing it. And after five rounds, I was the winner of my weight class. I went undefeated and I got the gold medal. I was the Sunshine State game champ of my weight class. And on that drive home, I broke down in tears when it finally sunk in. I couldn't believe it, but I really doubt I could have done it without the extra boost of confidence. It truly gave me a bit of swagger mentally going into each one of those matches. In my 14 100 mile attempts, I've had many moments where I expressed my desire to quit to fellow runners. Some would just give the generic, you got this, just keep moving statements, while others would give the, well, you did more than those sitting on the couch statements. Neither of those did anything to help me. It would have been better for them to just say nothing at all because there wasn't any sincerity behind their statements. But then there were the friends or other racers or even the race directors that would show a genuine effort to get me out of my head. A couple of times it worked, a couple of times it didn't, but each time I felt the authentic emotions behind their words and efforts to help encourage me to keep going. I remember the one race I dropped out of around mile 75 with more than enough time to finish. I decided to stick around and encourage others to finish their race. And my one friend was almost upset when she saw me sitting there in clean clothes because she had tried hours earlier to prevent me from quitting. So in that moment, I pulled her aside and thanked her for her friendship, trying to help. And I made sure she knew I appreciated her efforts and that I was very grateful. I just didn't have a desire to finish on that day. If we evaluate the people in our lives, we'll find those that accept us for who we are, but still try to encourage us to get the most out of our potential. Some people in our lives truly want to see us succeed, while there are others that privately want to see us fail. Sometimes we can identify them and sometimes we can't. Those are the ones that won't motivate us to be better or work on ourselves. There's nothing wrong with being content with your situation if you're truly happy and at peace. But even in that, the right person will try to push you out of your comfort zone. There are people that can just bring the best out of you, even without trying. 
I remember during my alcoholic days, there were people encouraging it. Despite seeing it destroy me, they didn't try to persuade me to stop. While there were others loving on me and approaching me with grace, trying to convince me that this was destroying me and I needed to stop. Even when I would occasionally post the depressing vents and suicidal related stuff on social media, some would comment or DM me with the typical effortless statements, while others would ask where I was and if they could come over or if I could meet them somewhere to actually sit with me and talk with me and, and walk me through this. One friend went as far as calling the suicide hotline to have the police sent to my location to make sure I didn't harm myself. See, some people are in your life for a season, some a lifetime. The ones that complement your life, you'll keep around forever or as long as you, you possibly can. The ones that complicate your life, you'll remove from your life or make every effort to do so. I have friends that I barely talk to these days because life happens and, and that happens. But every once in a while, we run into each other and have a moment to text, call, or just sit down and talk. And we pick up right where we left off. Then there are those that you easily forget about and whenever something reminds you of them, you feel no desire to see if you can find a way to reconnect with them or, or simply contact them. It's like those mass holiday texts that we all dread these days that we tend to send out to everyone in our contact list. As you go down a the list, there are ones you think of before even going through your contacts and you just message them automatically. You even type something more personal instead of just copy and paste in the same message. But then there's the ones you see and you don't even text them. You might even delete their confo contact information at that point, realizing there's no need to even still have their number in your phone. You don't use it, so why keep it? Consider the people in your life, cherish the ones that complement your life, appreciate them and be grateful for them. For those that complicate it, consider moving on. Life's stressful enough, do we really need to keep people in our life that add to that? Use the time you have to keep the ones in your life that will bring the best out of you, not the worst. Keep the ones that bring joy to your life, not the ones that bring frustration. Keep the ones that put a smile on your face, not the ones that make you roll your eyes. <laughs> keep the ones that make you grateful for your decisions, not the ones that make you regret them. So until the next episode, I encourage you to go through your contacts Look at each name. If you instantly have a good thought or feeling for that person, send them a simple text letting them know you're grateful to have met them or have them in your life. If you get a bad feeling, anything negative, send them a text saying, all right, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but seriously, consider cutting that connection. Keep the people who deserve to be in your life around and remove those who don't. Thanks for listening to the Mile You're In podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to like, share, and subscribe.